Welcome back to another edition of D Sweet Nation. This is Ray Asensio. I am Dan Hutchinson. And with us today, we have a very special guest, very honored to have with us today, um, Saginaw's own current impact wrestler, former X Division champion, Mr. Rohit Raju. The jaw jacking, Thursday night impacting. His mother called him son because he shines like one mocha skinned manimal, almond Adonis, Lats Luger himself, ravishing Rohit Raju. Thanks for having me on. Oh, and I forgot one. God created all men equal, and then he made me the sequel, Ravishing Rohit Raju. There we go. I think I got them all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being on here. Uh, we've, been, we've been dying to have a wrestler on our show, so we, we really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. As we catch Ray taking a drink of Mountain Dew. <laughs> he was trying before well, you could have You could have added something there instead of looking at me. First, you I don't mind. I ain't swearing today. Um. I want to know, Dan and I want to know, how you broke in the business. Uh, always been a fan of professional wrestling. Loved it as a kid. But back in the day, it was the land of giants. So, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, even sitting between you two guys, I'm not a giant guy. But I've always... I'm a hundred times tougher than him, though. Go ahead. <laughs> I've always had, like, charisma and personality and love to, like, entertain and just have fun. Um and then when I was in high school, that's when WCW was really big, Nitro, and I saw the Cruiserweights. So I got to see Malenko, Mysterio, Benoit, um, Jericho, Hoovy, Psychosis, Eddie. And I was like, man, I can do this. I can do this. So I started working when I got out of high school, trying to find schools to go to. There was Lima, Ohio, which was Al Snow's place down there. That didn't really work out and then there was a house of truth which was right in detroit that didn't really work out because i was working full-time so i wouldn't have made it there in time and then i found a guy right here well he's in davison but now he's in flint but his name is xavier justice and he had a school and we literally it was very old school wrestled in a barn in the winter time it was the worst because we were in triple layers of clothing taking bumps plus you're getting slammed by guys that don't know how to slam you yet or give you moves oh. And so, man, it was it was brutal, but it was worth it because I love it. And I, I picked up on everything really quick. And then afterwards, when I got cleared, I started to go down to the House of Truth, learn from Truth Martini and those guys down there and just get, you know, a refresher on things and learn new things. And then years later, there was a group of us that wanted to know a little bit more because uh, you always want to go to like the seminars and camps mm-hmm. and stuff like that to learn from people that are way more experienced than you. And then Scott Demore said, hey, you guys can come up to uh, Windsor, the Can-Am Dojo, if you guys ever want to come up there. So we started going up there, and that was like head and shoulders, awesome above everything else. And so really just trying to own our craft, perfect our craft. And to this day, if there's like a, if I'm in the area and there's a school that a well-known wrestler, a way more experienced wrestler runs, or even not, if it's just somebody I know, I want to go to it because you're always going to learn something new. And that's that's the goal, especially with professional wrestling. It's always evolving, and you want to evolve with it. Okay. I have a lot of questions, and I'm, a, I'm going to kind of be all over the place. Yeah. Generally, we like to start from the bottom and work our way. I'm just going to go all over the place. One, one of the things that I noticed, now, I mean, I'm not going to tell people how old you are, but I know you're not a spring chicken. <laughs> no. But, but no, the, what I want to know is, after all those years of wrestling – and, and all the injuries and everything that you have to go through year in and year out for years. I can't even imagine the, the kind of toll that that takes on your body. You look like a 22-year-old kid walking in here. How did, what's the secret? 
Uh, to be honest, that's half of it's genetics. Okay. Uh, my mother always looked young before she got really sick. My dad still looks young. Uh, and it's uh, and then I take care of myself. I'm in the gym every single day. Yep. I try to eat very clean. I can't eat like I used to because I would eat like a whole cake and just bags of <laughs> chips at night. Because but I would never gain weight. I was a hard Guilty. gainer. <laughs> but now I I really take my diet very seriously. And um, I used to drink a lot, not like alcoholism or anything like that. But I like to party. And I stopped day drinking. I stopped doing a lot of that, especially during COVID. And I just I my body reacted to it real well. And then I didn't look back after that. And a lot of people were like, dude, you look in great shape. And I just, instead of going to the gym four days a week, I go almost every day. And today will probably be my only day off. And then I'll go again tomorrow and I'll, I'll restart it. And I feel like I am, I'm not a spring chicken. And I feel like if I stop doing anything, I'll turn to dust. So uh, I have to keep going. And if I'm not doing something, that's when the aches and pains start a little, they start to hurt a little bit more. Sure. Uh, and I've, I've always been doing something when I was younger, I did Wing Chun Kung Fu for like 10 years. And then I did like mixed martial arts before that got really huge when it was really starting to get the boom, mm. then professional wrestling, always weightlifting. I used to power lift. So I was always trying to lift heavy and that just the wear and tear on my joints and now taking bumps over and over again, every single weekend, it does, it, it hurts, but I just try to take care of myself. I stretch, I do some DDPY. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Good. And I, I just try to take care of myself because if not, I feel it. And I know my body will let me know if I'm not taking care of myself, you you, you got to start doing something. So, And I, I want to be good when I get in the ring and I want to be okay and um, healthy when I get in the gym as well. Who was your first opponent in your first professional match, your debut? Who, who was your opponent? How did that turn out? How'd that match go? I can't remember the opponents but it was what they call a captain's fall match and it was kind of like survivor series ish uh and it had to do i don't remember the rules but it was for xavier justice and i remember i think it was like four or five people on a team and that's how it was and i i was like 100 pounds soaking wet is what i looked like and yeah and i had like these blue tights that I got from I think Dunham's, and then I had someone. Uh, what what's what is it like? Uh, just bedazzle? Not bedazzle, <laughs> but I just I took them to one of like the t-shirt places, and they like screen printed something on, it. and it looked super chintzy, but I didn't care. And I had like big volleyball knee pads on and MMA kick pads, you know, and I look like a straight jabron, but that's wrestling gear is so expensive. My God, to this day, I have to wait to buy like a good set of gear. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's so much money. That's a bill right there. Uh, but yeah, and I didn't care. I was just in the ring. I was entertaining and I felt it. And I've ever, every time I doesn't matter who I'm wrestling, what kind of show it is. I still have the butterflies in my stomach before I walk out there. But as soon as I walk through the curtain and the music hits, it's go time. And that's when I become Rohit Raju, and it's the best. It is, like, the best feeling. It's I, I escape reality for 15 or 20 minutes, and in that world, I control it. And it's the best. It's the best thing ever. I love it. Have, um, have you ever had to shoot on somebody in the ring, or have you ever got shot on? Uh, I did get shot on. I won't say who it was. Right, I was a yeah. well-known wrestler, and it, the guy was so weak. I couldn't tell if he was shooting on me or not. I kind of figured he was. And then when I called him out on it backstage, he instantly 
clammed up because I told him I was like, hey, if we got a problem, uh, we can. You need to say something. You need to talk to me about it because there's wrestling and then there's being a man. You're gonna come to me like a man. If we got a problem. Oh no, bro, no, blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to kick the crap out of the guy after that. And then the next day he was very nice and we okay, had to good. do a singles match. And then I remember. Um, there's another guy that, and I've always stood my ground. I, I don't take that stuff. And a lot of times if you get shot on, what he means by shooting is somebody tries to stretch you out for real or punch yeah. you or beat you up for real. And a lot of times if someone hits me hard or tries to stretch me hard or something like that, they have what they call a receipt. So that means it's coming back to them. So you give as good as you get. Uh, and I remember there was a guy backstage, a former WWE wrestler, nobody like super popular but you would know him if i said it and i think he had been drinking the day before or or that a little bit in early in the day and he didn't want to wrestle me for whatever reason and he wanted me to do like a terrorist gimmick and all this stuff i was like no that's not my gimmick that's not who i am i've wrestled this show before they booked me for who i am and I said, I'm not doing that. He's like, well, what kind of heel are you? And I was saying it. He's like, oh, you think you're the cool heel, yada, yada, yada. I said, no, this is what I do. And I said, look, man, if you don't want to work with me, you, there's other people. I said, I'll go find somebody else to work with. I don't, I don't need this. I'm not going to do what you say. I said, you're not going to bully me and nothing. And he's like, well, we're not locking up until you get the crowd to chant, you suck. I said, done. I said, fine, cool, I'm fine with that. And he's like, you think you can do it? I said, I know I can do it. I said, might as well call the rest of the match because we're going to have to lock up as soon as you get out there. And he's like, well, I don't think we will. I said, okay. And then uh, I cut a promo. Before he even got out there, the crowd was chanting, you suck. <laughs> and then he got in the ring. We had our match, and he apologized to me backstage. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. He goes, I didn't know, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Rhino to, Rhino is the coolest. Oh, yeah, Rhino. One. ECW. Dude, he, Rhino's been everywhere. He's been to the top of the mountain. And he's the coolest guy. He treats everyone with respect. He treats all the younger dudes great. Uh, when you call matches with him, he's not a dick. He's not a jerk. He's super awesome. If Rhino can be that way, there's no reason why anybody else can't be that way. You see some of these guys that forgot where they came from, forgot how hard it was to break in, forgot how hard it was to get a break. It's like you were once where we all were. And so I always, like young guys that want to send me their matches or girls that want to send me their matches, their promos, ask me to watch. I do because I know how that is. And it's weird. Sometimes I'll walk back into a locker room and they're like, oh, man, Rohit. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just a guy. Should I shake my hand like anybody else? I'm still trying to make it an impact. I'm still trying to eat at the head table. And But they, you're someplace they want to be. So it's like treat them with respect because they're just trying to make it. And you know what? They may go farther than you. And they're going to remember that if you treated them like shit. So, well, I'm sorry. I treated them like crap. But, no, you're all right. Um, no, you're fine. So, like, I, and I, I always, you give in, you, you treat people with respect because, they respect you. They're looking at you like you're something. And I still don't feel like I'm anything because I'm still hungry and trying to get where I want to go. And these guys just want to get where you are. So you treat them with respect and help them out. And I, I, I never understand that why some veterans will be jerks to people. It's like, whatever, man. You ain't nobody. You know? You're nobody. So Rhino. I, I was a big Rhino. Well, no, I'm still a Rhino fan. You know, I go back probably about 22, 23 years ago when he was on the ECW roster from Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah, from Detroit, Detroit guy. And I've, I've seen him conduct interviews. He really does seem like he's a nice guy. Like yeah, Rhino's cool. Outside of the curtain. Yeah. Uh, good guy. And that's another guy that, that I could use, for example, like that. I would ask, man, you've been doing this for so long and you look so great. You know, I would ask him something like that. Yeah. So speaking of receipts. 
Can you can you tell us a story, either funny story or like an extreme story, where you you had to give someone a receipt in the ring? Uh when I first time I wrestled this dude in Indiana, he and I, I know there's a time I'm forgetting. I know I've had to give it to somebody before. There's this guy in Indiana that was taking liberties, just stomping me, and I remember I just started to kick the crap out of him. And then when I got backstage. I asked him, I said, dude, do I owe you money or something? I said, what was up with that? And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you were stomping me in my head out there. I said, do we have a problem? And he's like, no, 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 no. He goes, that's how I was trained to lay it in. I was like, no, man, you can lay it in, but you got you can't be kicking me in my head. Like He was literally stomping me in my head. Uh, there was a time where my good friend Jake Something and I, we've wrestled a million times, and there's a picture of it. We were wrestling in Bay City. And he stomped me so hard. We both started laughing in the center of the ring. And there's a picture. I'm like this. And he's looking down at me. And he's laughing. And we still talk about it to this day. And, of course, I gave him a receipt. He knew it was coming. But there's been plenty of times where I've accidentally kicked him in his face. And, like, so I kind of had that coming. And uh, or I've, I've just cannonballed him in the corner and just laid waste to him. And, uh, yeah, so there's, there's times, but we laugh about it. And when we're in the ring with someone, you know, and you catch them real good and you're like, Oh shit, man, I'm sorry. And you just kind of like, Oh, it's okay. You know what I mean? God dang, dude, just lighten up there. But, uh, there's been, there's been a few times. There was a time where a guy broke my nose and I wanted to kill him. He gave me the DiBiase fist drop. And I said, uh, do you need me to turn my head? He goes, no, I'll hit you in your forehead. Nah, he hit me right in my nose, punched me dead square in my nose, and it just went, and the blood was all over my face. The guy and I got up instantly and just started forearm, and I'm like, what the, blah blah blah. And then uh, the guy, the vet on the thing, he goes, oh, I thought it was your eye. He goes, I couldn't tell where you were bleeding from because that the blood was all over the place, and he broke this, and it's on one of these sides, it kind of sticks out. It's not as bad. Luckily, I could still breathe out of it and blow my nose and stuff like that, so it wasn't too bad. But, yeah, he broke it. Uh, and that sucks, too, because you trust people to take care of you. Yeah. You're going to get some very stiff shots. Like, mm-hmm. they would always talk about when Steve Austin would punch you, they call, he was hitting you with, like, a stiff shot. He was hitting you with potatoes. Hey, goddamn, kid, take these punches. Like, ha, ah, Steve, no. And uh, But it's like, sometimes it happens. You know what I mean? A stiff kick. Uh, uh, some guys kick you with, like, they're shoot kickboxers. Like, there's this wrestler named Kenta. And you can tell he's just laying dudes out with these front kicks, these roundhouse kicks. But and sometimes you can just you can tighten up and you take it, and sometimes it really sucks. But normally a guy can hit you like that, and it's not going to do damage. It just hurts. Like chops hurt. Somebody chops you, they back club you, they club you in the chest. That's you're getting you're getting clobbered. That's what it is. You know what I mean? But it's safe. But it still hurts. We were doing that, and I trained guys out in Saginaw at my school, and I had them doing strikes. And I'm like, all right, guys, line up in the corner, get a partner, push the head back, club his chest. And you see guys just kind of half-assing it. I'm like, no, push his head back, club his chest. And you lay it across there, and you're laying it across the guy's chest. And it sucks for like 10 seconds, but then you move on, you know what I mean? But it's safe. You're not hitting him in the sternum. You're not hitting him in his throat. Same thing with the chop. I hate guys will just fire off chops. It's like, dude, watch where you're hitting me. You hit me in my nipple. You hit me in my throat. You hit me in my face. It's like, catch me across the chest. My chest is going to be like hamburger, and it's going to suck. <laughs> but that's what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people think, ah, those are pulled. And, and some punches don't connect. Some kicks don't connect, and you still try to sell it anyways. 
and some do. And you're just like, oh, man, that was... I've had my bell rung a few times. I had my bell rung more times in wrestling than I did when I was doing MMA. Getting dropped on my head, someone falling on me. I got concussed so bad one time. This guy, big dude, my height, but like 230 pounds. We were all supposed to catch him. He did this crazy flip off the top rope to the outside. I was the only one that caught him because he was like, dude, no one ever catches me on this. I said, I got you, bro. Don't worry. If no one else is there, I'll be there. I was there. It was like the Wicked Witch getting hit by the house. <laughs> Killed me. Damn. Basketball. It was basketball uh, flooring. I hit, and I immediately said, oh, my God. And I said, I don't know what's going on. And my buddy rolled me off to the side, and he goes, you okay? I said, no, man. I don't know where I am right now. And, I, and he, he goes, I'm going to roll you off. There's another dive coming. And he sends the ref to check on me, and I'm just... Like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's going on. I'm instantly concussed. And then my mind starts coming back to me. And I'm like, where are they at? Are they doing strikes in the ring right now? He's like, yeah. And I look up. I said, okay, I I know what's next. But I I finished the match fine, but I don't remember finishing the match. It was like a dream. And then after the match, I felt like I was drunk. And I was so concussed. And my knee, I did something to my knees. There's a picture of it online. I'll, I'll have to send it. I'll send it to you afterwards. But... He just flattened me. He's just like getting hit by a meteor. So that happens. You know what I mean? I know we were talking about this off air, but people are like, oh, professional wrestling, it's fake. It's you are the lead actor and a stuntman at the same time. So I know what's going to happen. The outcome, yes, we all know it's predetermined, but it hurts. A ring is literally steel frame, two by 12 boards, a gym mat, and you have to know how to land. And that's what people don't understand about wrestling. Is they don't. That, that it's scripted, yes, but the... The physicality of wrestling is 1,000% real. Yes, it yeah. is. Ask the MMA guys. Uh, I can't remember what guy recently. I can't remember if it was Cain Velasquez, but somebody, there, there's so many MMA guys that love wrestling, and they want to do wrestling afterwards, and uh, it's it's harder on their body. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, I was telling you off air, we trained him up at the Can-Am Dojo. He did a thing with Moose and Impact. D'Angelo was a running back, played in the NFL, there's no way I could go put on pads and do what he did. But when we were training, he couldn't do what we did. He was complaining about how hard it was on his body. That's just hitting ropes, taking bumps. It's that, that aspect of it is real. When you get slammed, it's real. And if you get slammed wrong, it hurts. It sucks. And then you got to think, you do this two or three times a weekend, or if you're like, signed to a like you gotta think if you're like a wwe you're doing this every week uh especially back in the day the schedule went with wcw or awa or nwa or wwf that schedule was like you had like two days off three days off and you're traveling not even counting the traveling driving eight hours or flying four hours and you're cooped up after you've wrestled and you're sweaty and you're gross and you're sore, your adrenaline's come down and you got knots in your back and your knees need to extend but your tendinosis is flaring up. People have no idea the cost. And that's why back in the day, guys were always on painkillers. They were taking anything they could to kill the pain. And now it's a little bit easier because weed's legal, so you can take, like, you know, get into cannabis and stuff like that, and that helps. But you still have to take care of your body. You still got to stretch. You still have to, like, my knee needs to get scoped. It is is needed to get scoped forever, but I can't take that time off because that's my main money. That's my, that's the money. I have no, there's no insurance in that. There's no PTO. Um, So I ride it until as long as I can. 
I can't. I don't want to lose my spot at impact, but my knee can't. I can't do heavy squats anymore. I got to do light squats. I got to warm up for a long time before I do it. Being in a car and my knee being bent for hours sucks. So, and, and just imagine a guy with a neck problem. Imagine a guy with a rib problem or an arm or you know what I mean. I sprained this wrist catching a guy in a dive, and I went to the gym the next day. I couldn't do anything. I wrapped it up. Bought one of those things, uh, like a sling thing from Meyer, and then I rehabbed it myself. Now I can kind of, I still can't bench press heavy, but, and it still hurts. You know what I mean? It still kills, but I took no time off. I wrestled the next, I wrestled that weekend, wrapped it up, babied it, took care of it, worked around it. There's no time off. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's the difference between someone who's going to make it in wrestling and not make it in wrestling. The guys that are willing to, push themselves and push their body through all that and push past the pain and work through the pain yeah. instead of just saying, Hey, I'm hurt. I can't, I can't wrestle tonight. Yeah. That's the difference between someone who's going to make it and someone who's not going to make it. Yeah. And another thing too, with wrestling, it's a very lonely road. Uh, I have, I don't want to say isolated or alienated. I've done this on my own marriages, crumbling friendships, crumbling. I've missed birthdays, anniversaries, funerals because of wrestling. Uh, and especially now that I'm with impact where that is my money, I, I, I will be gone for a week. And if your birthday falls on that week or the anniversary falls on that week, I'm sorry. And it's a selfish road, but you do it alone. And then two, you're, you're out there wrestling guys in underwear. Like you, when you, when you look at the concept, I'm out there oiled up wrestling dudes, Play fighting in underwear is what it boils down to. Being somebody I'm not. Being Rohit Raju, this trash-talking, wheeling-dealing kid. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm that guy. And I, all I want to do is lie, cheat, and steal and do all this stuff to win. But I'm, when I'm... When I'm, 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 I'm Yusuf when I'm at home and I don't want to uh, talk to my friends. I go to the gym. I love playing with my dogs. That's all I want to do. I want to hang out, play some video games, watch a movie, and chill. But I, when I'm out there, that's what I have to be, and it's kind of selfish, and, it, and you miss things. But that separates the guys that are going to make it and not because you're hungry. And then sometimes you will get those people that understand that, and they support you regardless, and they're going to be there for you when you get home. And they're like, hey, how was your show? How was this? But it's not for everybody, and it's it's a whole different world, and it's it's like nothing that I've ever experienced before. I want to let's get back to the work punches here because I've been wanting to ask you this now. Uh, I, I saw an interview one time with. Uh, I can't remember who was talking because I watch a lot of po wrestling podcasts. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, those are the only podcasts I listen to other than my own. I only listen to wrestling podcasts, nothing else. I can't remember. I think it was Jim Cornette. He, he said, Probably. He said, he was talking about Ricky Morton. This oh. back, back in the NWA days, 89, 90, whatever. <laughs> Ricky Morton one time told uh, Nikita Koloff, he said, hey, man, Scott, can you do me a favor? Yeah. He said, what's that? He said, the next time we're out there, do me a favor. Just make a fist and just start, just, just punch me as hard as you can because your work punches are killing yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that's now, right. And now you were talking about the chops earlier. Ronnie Garvin, to Ooh. me, those open hand chops. God. I watched a cage match years ago with Ric Flair. I don't yes. know if it was War Games or Starcade. I can't remember. So long ago, he, he chopped Ric Flair. I, I'm not. I'm not shitting you when I say this. Probably 25 times in a row. Hands down. Open hand. Yeah. Now Ronnie Garvin was known as the hands of stone. Yep. Okay, and that's not a gimmick. No. He, according to Arn Anderson, 
he said Ronnie Garvin would be the the only he may said other than Ron Simmons he said Ronnie Garvin would be the guy that I would not want to get punched by in a real fight yeah because like you said just I mean he's small but he really had stones inside of his hands yeah now okay Ring of Honor now you did a little work with Ring of Honor now uh, Jim Cornette, what was your first meeting like, you know, when you met Jim Cornette, what was that like? I only met Jim once. I'm a fan of Cornette. I don't agree with everything that he says, um, but I, I listen to his podcast, and I am a fan of his. Uh, I don't know if he'd be a fan of my work. He does not like Impact Wrestling for his own, you know, personal reasons. But I wish he would get a chance to watch my promos because I think he would at least see that I respect the old school and love the old school, and I carry myself in a very old school fashion. I met Jim Cornette once. I did a Ring of Honor camp. I did real well, real well at it. And this was back when, like, Roderick Strong was there. Uh, a lot of those guys were there. And Cornette was helping. I don't know if he was running it or he was helping run it. I can't remember. But he was there, and Roderick put me over to him, and it was a quick high and by. Not a quick high and by. I was like, hey, how you doing? Oh, that's good to know. He did well at the camp. That's awesome. Um, keep it up. And that was it. And then I was supposed to meet him at this XICW show when we did the Kobo show. and But that's when they had him and Santino Morella there. And right when I got there, Cornette had just left because that whole thing happened when Santino that was at the slapped airport. him or At something. the airport, wasn't it? No, it was at the Kobo. And oh, okay. then He slapped Santino, right? Yes, yeah. I think he slapped Santino, yeah. and then Santino was going to kill him. And then uh, I can't remember. I wasn't there. I had just got there. When all of that went down. So, because I was actually very excited to meet Cornette because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I watched up, grew up watching him, and I was a huge fan of his work. And, uh, but like I said, I don't agree with everything he says. Sometimes I think he goes off way off the deep end, and he's kind of one of those guys like, if you did something that was uh, wrong or he didn't like, that's it. You're no more nothing. I can't, you're not a good wrestler. You're not this, you're not that. I don't agree with that. But because we've all done stuff in professional wrestling, like I've had to wrestle certain people or wrestle a certain way or do a certain gimmick match that I didn't want to do. But that's because that's your position and you either do it or you don't get paid or you either do it or you don't wrestle again. Yeah, because you're telling you're not going to tell them no. So you kind of have to go out there and do something stupid or something that you don't agree with sometimes. We're not, we don't all have the, because it's not like I can say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And the next thing you know, you're not wrestling for this company. And then word gets out that you said no, either it gets, it's going to get put as, oh yeah, good for him for standing up or wow, that guy's hard to work with. And whoever gets the narrative first and runs with it, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, or they're like, you know what? We don't know who you are. We're not really interested in you. So, no, we don't have anything for you. And the next thing you know, you don't have any money coming in because you blew your opportunity to stay with a company or something like that. So you have to – sometimes you got to eat crap and take yeah. it. You know what I mean? And sometimes so, you got to do things you don't want to do yeah, just to, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. get through the night. Get right? through the get night, to the right. next match. And sometimes he'll be like, well, so-and-so wrestled this or they, he did that, and they're, from, they're dead to me from now on. It's like, nah, it's not that black and white sometimes. But – I'm still a fan of Jim. I, I, like I said, I just don't agree with everything he says. Uh, okay, I got a fun question now. I just thought of this in my head right now. If Macho Man Randy Savage called up Dusty Rhodes on, on the phone, okay? If Macho Man called Dusty Rhodes on the phone and invited Dusty to play open gym basketball at the school, and then we're going to go have pizza afterwards, how, how might that sound? Oh, uh, yeah. Dust. Dust. 
Yeah, this dust, this big dust, who this? <laughs> what do you mean, who's You can't tell by my voice who this is, huh? <laughs> is this Randy? This is Randy, the Macho Man Savage, yeah. Dust, I was just thinking about going to get some pizza, yeah. I needed someone to play a little pickup game with, uh-huh. You know when Hogan said he couldn't do it, but we all know Hogan's a snake, yeah. Don't trust Hulk Hogan, yeah. Lust in his eyes for Elizabeth. Ooh. What you're saying is that you want me to go to play some basketball with you, Randy, if you will. Oh, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, you gotta, you, you can play ball a little bit. Nikita <laughs> told me you can play a little pickup game, and now we're gonna see where you're at. Yeah, if you can last with the menace one, I'll buy you your first pizza dust. Yeah, if not, if we play twenty one, well, maybe we'll play macho. Yeah, it's my game. It's my version of horse. Except you gotta spell out macho. Yeah, why? Because I'm the macho man. Yeah, if you can beat me. Yeah, if you can beat me. Yeah, if you can beat the macho. Show me and Randy Savage. That pizza's on me, yeah. But don't think you can get slick and bring out Elizabeth just like you did at WrestleMania, yeah. Me and Sherry, we had the game plan wrap, yeah. What did you do, yeah? You had Ace up your sleeve, yeah. You brought out Elizabeth, yeah. You thought you had me, huh? Mind games, huh, Dust? Yeah, mind games. Yeah, I might be able to do that, uh... There'll be no Elizabeth here with the American Dream Dust the Rose. Maybe Sweet Sapphire, but you talking about you talking about first pizza's on you if the American Dream Dust the Rose can beat you. Well let me tell you something here, Randy Savage. American Dream got a really nice hook shot. My number gonna be thirty three like Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Daddy, if you know what I'm saying. Silver tongue talking to you right now. If you pick up what I'm laying down, Daddy, hard times gonna be for you on a basketball court if you will. Alright, sounds good. Four o'clock, Rec Center, I'll see you there. Yeah. Wow, man, I never thought I'd say this, man, but Bruce Pritchard, hey, Bruce Pritchard, you got company now, man. That, that was pretty damn good. Frank Caliendo, Jay Farrell, watch out. Um, Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle with podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. He does great impressions, and yeah, Bruce, you got company. Bruce's well, got God, company now. God damn it, pal. <laughs> his Vince, his yeah. Vince kills me, man. What do you mean? He's a turtle. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Bruce Pritchard impression? Vince, hands down. I do love his Macho Man, but so many people do Macho Man. Uh, there's a comedian, is it Kevin Sodenberg or something like his Macho Man? Is Andre, is Jake the Snake? It's like, man, really good. Uh, but Macho Man, uh, my favorite wrestler growing up was like Sting or Ultimate Warrior, and then it became like. Um, some of the cruiserweight guys, but now as a professional wrestler, it's Macho Man because I feel like he embodies what a professional wrestler should be. Looks apart, walks apart, talks apart, looks like a million bucks, can tell a story in the ring no matter who he's with. And to me, that's like what you should be. But uh, I think out of impressions, I love listening to uh, Bruce Pritchard do Vince. And it's so funny. God damn it, pal. He'll do like Vince real serious. It's, it's what just the so, fuck yeah, was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so funny. I actually got a chance to talk to uh, his brother. Tom, Dr. Yeah, Tom man, Pritchard. You talk about knowledge. Oh, his Dusty is really good, too. Like, I can't, man, I can't touch his his Dusty's amazing. But just listening to him talk and drop stories and knowledge, man, what a night that was. We were in Wisconsin, and he did a seminar, and we all went back to this guy's house, David Hero. Great dude, great promoter, and he had us all over there, and Buff was there, too. That was really cool. So I'm literally, we're just sitting at this table listening to uh, Tom, Dr. Tom, tell stories, and it's like being a kid at a candy store. It's fantastic, and um, yeah, great, great 
awesome dude. But Vince and the Vince impression uh, from Bruce that kills me every time. I I I like all of his impressions. I got a tie. I like his um, John Laurinaitis impression. Oh yeah, and his Michael <laughs> P, Michael P. S. Hayes impression. Doot 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 doot. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Sting, if this don't prove that I'm a wrestling fan, I don't know what does. I got this tattoo. Thirty years ago. Oh yeah, Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, my birthday's in September, so I'm not a Scorpio. When people ask me about that, it, Sting was my favorite wrestler back then. My what? birthday is legit the same day as his, March 20th. So I was like, as a kid, I, you know, the old PWI magazines they had a yeah. poster and it would oh, always yeah. run down the guy's stats, and it said March 20th. I was like, oh my god, Sting's birthday's the same day as mine. And I used to have a stupid rat tail like he did back <laughs> in the day, looking like an idiot. But uh, and then oh, that G- was Surfer Sting. Yes, days. yeah, GI Joe. Uh, at one point in time, they had these figures that came with face paint, and so I was always painting my face like the Ultimate Warrior or Sting, or tried to. It looked like just looked like someone just went like this, but uh, I was trying to paint it like Sting and Warrior, the Road Warriors and stuff like that. And uh, I was Warriors. just a huge fan of all those guys. What, what is Still your am. What is your earliest memories of professional wrestling when you were a kid? When well, you were a fan, what it's your funny you memories? say that. It was my dad was channel. Changing and it was a match between the Road Warriors and the Koloffs. It was uh, Ooh, WTBS man. Saturday night. They were showing clips Ooh. of old. I think it was a Great American Bash or Starcade, and they had a Russian chain match. And I was like, "What is this? This is awesome. These guys look like they're out of Mad Max. Who are these guys?" And he's like, "Oh, this is professional wrestling." And I'm like, "Tell me more." <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I saw Hulk Hogan, and I had this yellow Superman shirt, and my mom cut the back so it looked like Hogan's. And I would literally have this gray teddy bear, and I would steal her tapes that she would use for school. You know, I'm like, Ma, do you need this tape anymore? No, I'm done with that one. I don't need it. And I would um, record myself wrestling this teddy bear, but then I would do all the promos and stuff. Oh, there he is. He hit him with an elbow drop. My God, Jesse, can you believe it? Oh, Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? I would do stuff like that. Well, you know something, me, Gene. And I would do all the promos, and I would try and do all the voices. You got the Hulkamaniacs out there. And then I would just wrestle. He hit him with the leg drop. It's over. One, two. Oh, he kicked out. Jesse, can you believe it? And I would just constantly do that. And I would wear this yellow Superman shirt, and it was dirty and grimy, but I never wanted my mom to wash it because I didn't want it to get ruined. And the <laughs> teddy bear I wrestled had, like, one eye. The nose was halfway off, and I would Jimmy Snooker it off my bed and hurt myself and then go back to it and try to figure out how to give it elbow drops without hurting myself. I was like, how do they do this? I don't get it. But And then when we would go to shows when we were in high school – uh, we'd wait for the wrestlers to come out backstage, and I would cut promos on them while they were walking to their car. And, they, of course, they would ignore you. But I was sitting there doing Dusty Rhodes, or I'd be sitting there doing Nephew Nikita, uh, my nephew Holy Nikita, shit. you know, and like wow. Magnum <laughs> TA, the uh, U.S. title. You know what I mean? I would be sitting there doing I mean, Nikita, Ivan. A, you're Ivan. That's the best impression I've heard yet. You're <laughs> Ivan Kola. You, you, you might have another gimmick is just – being just impersonating other wrestlers. Yeah, that but that's, that's what I would do off. as that's what I would do as a kid. I would just sit there and watch them and be engulfed. And like now, as a wrestler, I walk around my house cutting promos, talking about you talk about you know that I'm not man enough. I'm not big enough to wrestle this guy. Let me ask you something. Does he have two arms? Why, yes, he does. Does he have two legs? Yes, he does. Does he have a big fat head sitting on top of his shoulders? Why, yes, he does. What's your point? My point is, you just described a man. And every time I look in a mirror, I see a man staring right back at me. So why should I fear him? You know, and I'd go off and I walk around my house and I use this 
And that promo could be used on anybody bigger than me. You know what I mean? It could be used. I could, and then the way I inflect my tone, if I'm cocky about it, I'm being a heel. If I'm fired up about it, I'm being the baby face. So I literally driving, driving here, I'm thinking to myself, I got a promo. I'm going to cut tonight against Ren. Uh, am I going to be a heel or face? Hopefully I'm a heel. And, you know, how dare you start this show? And I'm the, the trainer at this school. This is my school. And all of you people are here, and you didn't wipe your feet, and you're going to have a show here in Saginaw, Michigan, without his hometown star? You know, I know I'm getting flown to Nashville. I know I'm getting flown to Wisconsin, but I'm here this weekend. I'm here, and you put me on this little poster when the poster should just be me, because let's face it, I am the TV star. I am the one raking in the money, and everybody else is learning. I am the sun, and just like the sun, everything revolves around me. You know what I mean? And so, and then I'll be like, well, I don't have a match, and if Ren's like the, the baby face tonight, Ren comes out looking like a million bucks, and hopefully he'll be like, you know what, you want a match? I got it. I'm, I'm right from down the road, yada, yada, yada. But if not, if he's the um, heel, he'll come out dog and sagging on. I'm like, oh, no, you ain't going to talk about my hometown like that. Then I come out. It's easy. It's Shakespeare. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's good guy, bad guy, one-on-one. But it's how you do it. And, man, when you get it going, when you get I got to, I need to beat you, rock. When you get it going, it's the <laughs> best thing ever. My favorite feud is either Dusty and Rick or probably Austin and Rock. And rock. Yeah. That was a good one. Tor- he good. said, Toronto, baby. Rock's here. What does he say? Faster than a bull, stronger than a buck. The greatest thing to hit, hit Toronto because the Maple Leafs suck. Man, the rock, Hollywood rock, is that's the best thing ever, man. That, that was my favorite that's time. His guy. That's my that's his guy. The Rock and Steve Austin yes. and Bret Hart. My all my all time favorite yeah. wrestlers. Big fan of the Heart Foundation. Big fan of the Road Warriors as well. Oh yeah, well yeah. But that awesome. the, that Attitude Era in WWE was that was when I was it, full engaged in wrestling. When That's it, when everybody. The was. Rock, Austin, Degeneration X. Yes, love that. Love yes. That. You put an S in front of Hitman, and you get exactly what I think about Bret Hart. Like man, it's like it's so awesome. Like you can't to this day. Any like wrestling's cool, and it's getting that like spike again because AEW is like doing really cool things and Roman Reigns right now is on fire finally they just kind of let him be Roman Reigns and when you let when you take the handcuffs on somebody and you just let them breathe that's when you get their best and now Roman Reigns is just he's he's that guy that is attracting people that aren't wrestling fans and AEW is kind of doing that too and that's what you need you can have your hardcore audience but Steve Austin The Rock NWO, Hogan turning heel, that attracted people that were old school wrestling fans or weren't wrestling fans. And they were like, I have to see, what is this all about? And we were talking off off camera. It's like Star Wars. When Star Wars introduced Grogu to the Mandalorian, people were like, oh my God, this baby is adorable. Or people were like, wait a minute, this is a baby Yoda? Ah, well, I hated the sequels, but let me watch this. Watching the show just for that character. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. Boba Fett showed up? Wait a second. You tell me Luke Skywalker showed up? What the hell? Like, Next thing you know, you get all these people that either A, weren't Star Wars fans, but they are now, or B, used to be Star Wars fans, but were turned away because of, you know, where it went. But now you brought them back because, and that's what wrestling did. Austin did that. NWO did that. CM Punk coming back recently kind of did that. Roman Reigns is doing that. John Cena returning for that hot oh, second kind of did that. Fucking but you know, you know what I mean? But it's like 
to me, that's what I want to be. How do you move the needle? You can move T-shirt sales, but how are you moving the needle as far as ratings and bringing yeah. people in? But that that attitude era that did that. Yeah, that was it for me. Yep. So so let's talk about the X Division Championship. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up the roster here. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, pull what, them up. What was it like getting the the opportunity uh, to get that belt? And then what what was the feeling when you know leaving that ring with the belt over your shoulder or around your waist? For the longest time in Impact Wrestling, I was eating crap. I was getting pinned after being just. I was nobody. I was just a job guy. I was just. A guy that was uh, what they call a good hand that could go in the ring, make other people look good, and also make myself look good. But it was nothing. Rohit Raju, that's why I was wrestling in the Indies as Hakeem Zayn because Rohit Raju had no value. It had no meaning. It was nothing. I was nothing there. But I worked hard. I didn't complain, and they saw that. And next thing I know, they're like, hey, you're going to be exhibition champion. And I thought it was a rib. I thought it was a joke. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be exhibition champion. You guys are messing with me. And it was something I've been waiting for. And then I won it. And when I won it, it was unreal. I still didn't believe it. And when I got backstage, people were there waiting for me. They were congratulating me. And it was one of the best feelings ever because I love professional wrestling so much. I want to excel at it so much. And people recognize my hard work. And they were happy for me. And, man, what a feeling that is when your peers are happy for you that you've got a little bit of success. So when it when I won the X Division Championship belt, the, the pressure was on, but I was ready for the pressure because I was always like a tiger that's been caged. And I was just waiting to run, and I was banging my head up against that door, and finally they opened it. And it was like, I can go? I can go. And I ran. And I had so much fun as X-Division champion. It was the first time I finally got to show that I could talk. Uh, I changed up my entire game. I started wearing, like, Rock 98 stuff, really flashy shirts, shades, just being over the top, obnoxious. Like, you can't tell me nothing now. Like, there's, I was, I was nobody before, but now I'm that guy. And now, now you can't tell me anything. So I was super over the top and obnoxious, and people loved to hate me. They still do, which is pretty good. You know, it's good. Um, but man, being walking out of the ring with that belt that Kurt Angle held, that Samoa Joe held, that AJ Styles held, that low-key held, that that Christopher Daniels held, that Jerry Lynn held, like just these guys, that the best, and being in that class, unreal feeling. Still, like when you say it, like sometimes I forget, and then it, it brings it back up. It's like that meant the world. But being hungry, that's not what I want to hang my hat up on. I don't want it to be that one good run. Uh, I felt like I breathed new life into the division. I did things that were different. I took the belt home. I was on social media. I would be grilling with the X Division belt. I would be doing <laughs> squats with the X Division belt. I would play video games, and I would have the controller in front of him like he was my little kid. I would be drinking coffee in the morning, and I would have make sure he had a coffee mug, and I would be toasting him, cheering him. You know what I mean? Um, I would do stuff like that. Nobody told me to do that. I did that on my own, and it was entertaining. Uh, and, and I think that it showed that I was ready to go to that next level. Um, and that's all I want to do. I, I, is, I always say, like, I was at the kids' table for the longest time waiting for scraps to get thrown at me. And then I finally had a seat at the big table, and I tasted how good that food was. And now I don't want to ever leave the big table. And so now I'm fighting back up to be at the big table again and to stay there because I feel like I deserve to be there. But I feel like I do something different than everybody else. Um, and, and, and I know my answers are long, so I apologize. Cause, but no. I, it just, I, it comes to me as I go. 
Uh, I don't wrestle like what today's wrestling would be considered over as far as like the acrobatics, the flips and stuff like that. As you can tell, I'm very old school. To me, being able to cut the promo, which I don't think there are too many guys out there that can cut promos nowadays, to to be able to have you hate me. Like I did an autograph sighting, and there were people there that did not want my autograph. Not because I'm you know, loser, whatever, they didn't like me. Like, legit, I would say something to them, nice, and they'd be like, they would be rude. And I'm like, these people really don't like me. <laughs> I would have done the same thing to Triple H back in the day. Exactly. I fucking hated Triple H. But that's the thing. They didn't <laughs> like me. I'm like, they really don't like me. I'm like, that's real heat. That's awesome. It's taken away from my money, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's cool. And I will, but like fans, wrestling fans, sometimes they overstep, especially on social media. So I'll be a dick to wrestling fan. I don't care. Like you, once you open your mouth, you're fair game. And especially if you say some foul stuff, oh, you better believe it's coming back. And I don't want to hear you crying about it after it does because you are fair game. You stepped into my arena and now I'm going to give it to you. And, and that's just how it is. And next thing you know, I have, they will shut right down. Because they're not expecting that. They're expecting me to be like, oh, doot, doot, doot. Nah, man. You want to say some stuff. And if I catch you at a show and you have said some stuff on Twitter, you better believe them and get in your face. And I have done that. And they will shut right down. And they will shut up. Because, you know, I don't play that. You know, well, I, <laughs> you ain't going to say heard, that stuff to me. I've heard stories of wrestling fans who actually like that. Like, they'll go to shows. Some, and they'll, yeah, they'll interact with wrestlers, yep. spe- you know, heels, of course. And, and they'll say something to them. And they'll be in full heel mode, talk to them, and, and tell them to, oh, go sit the fuck down, kid. Yeah. And they love it. They're like, oh, my God. You know, like, Rohit told me to shut the fuck up and go yeah. sit down. You know, like, yeah. so so some people love that. I've, I'll tell fans to eat shit online. They'll say something. Oh, blah, 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 Rohit. And I will literally respond, eat shit. Like, seriously, you can eat shit. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're just some fat dork that doesn't know anything about professional wrestling. Eat shit. Like, I don't care. But that's the thing. That guy. That guy's going back and telling his friends, Rohit Raju just told me to eat shit. Can you believe that? Look Maybe. It, look it. Or sometimes I'll be like, well, you can't say that to me. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, eat shit again. So, you know what I mean? I don't care. Cancel me. I'm already canceled. So, it is what it is. All right, listen up. Two words you should know. Benny's Beer Hall. That's right, Benny's Beer Hall is coming soon. Located in downtown Millington, Benny's Beer Hall is the newest spot to grab a cold craft beer, watch the big game, and hang with friends. Benny's Beer Hall will feature 16 beers on tap using the Nordic Tap Draft System. TVs throughout the Beer Hall guarantee you'll be watching the game that you want. And if you're hungry, Benny's will feature some of the area's top food trucks and local carryout cuisine. Benny's Beer Hall, coming this fall in downtown Millington. We'll see you at Benny's. Roast. Well, okay, there's, there's something you said there that I really, really loved. I'm glad you said it. It makes me feel good. Love to be hated. Yeah. Okay, it's 2021. You don't really hear wrestlers say that that nope. much. Now, Dan and I were talking about something last week, and I, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this. We were talking about when uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan, 1991, when they, when they had the buildup for WrestleMania Seven, when yeah. the Gulf War just started. And and Sergeant Slaughter was a Iraqi th- uh, sympathizer. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, I, I liked what they were doing. Right. Um, because 
I don't know how it is now, but I, back then, I mean, there really isn't nothing sacred in, in the world of professional wrestling. Whatever's going on in the world, they put it out there. Right now, you were you're old enough to remember that. What did what did you think of the Sergeant Slaughter thing when that was going on with Hulk Hogan? As a fan, I hated him. I hated Slaughter, but hearing the fact that his family was getting death threats, yes, there there's a line like you want heat. But not, I mean, that's good heat. That's real good heat. But I don't want my family or anyone I love or my well-being to, fighting someone's one thing, but someone trying to kill you is another. Like, then it's like, yo, man, you need to chill out. You know what I mean? Not the wrestler, but you need to realize, like, you can't, you can't be doing stuff like that. Fans got to realize they can't be doing stuff like that. I've seen fans... Because, you know, it's such an open forum now, like social media. I'll see wrestlers say stuff like be anti-vaxxers or something like that. Like, I don't care what you think about what your politics is, what your religion is. I don't care. Like, whether we agree. If you're a good person, you're a good person. Whether we agree on that, okay. We don't agree on it. It is whatever. But I've seen good people say stuff about, like, the vaccine or COVID. And fans just like, oh, my God. Like, you need to be fired. Or I hope your unborn kid dies. And it's like... What? Like, just because of his opinion? Like, I don't agree with his opinion, but that doesn't mean I hate him. Why don't you try having a conversation with this person? And that's that whole where there's a difference between calling someone out for, like, bad stuff, like sexual allegations or rape or something like that. And then there's a difference between trying to cancel someone because they don't agree with your opinion politically or whatever. That's like overboard, overkill. You're trying to get somebody fired. You're trying to crucify them on social media because they don't agree with your political view or vaccination or whatever. That's stupid. That's too far. And that's like, to me, that's the new type of heat, but it's real heat. Like slaughter, that wasn't really slaughter. and But fans taking it overboard, saying they want to kill him, that's like, no. But that's that new style of heat where, like, people have an opinion, and they're like, well, I hope your unborn child dies. Like, what? Why would you say that to somebody? <laughs> and that's what I was asking. That's crazy stuff. I was, I was making that comment to Ray, and I said, the decision makers <sighs> that made that decision to say, okay, Sergeant Slaughter, you're going you're gonna to do this, right? Don't they think about, like, this, this is so over the top and so edgy, like, do they, do they not think about, like, how that's going to affect his personal life out of the ring? I wonder if they do. I wish I could have been a fly in the wall. Now, how come, now, now how come like, it's okay to do that in a movie, but, but how come, like, on the professional wrestling stage it's sometimes not okay? Why isn't it okay? See, I think the, the lines were blurred back then because you were trying to, wrestling was portraying, always portraying, uh, trying to portray itself as real. But now we all know it's pretty much what it is. Like, I don't like to reveal all the magic tricks because I don't want to go to a magic show and know everything. You know what I'm saying? I still want to believe yeah. and, and yeah. have questions and wonder things. Um, but now I agree the movie metaphor, eh, it's the same. It, so, it, you know what I mean? I agree with you. It's like, why why can't we do that in a movie? Why can we do it in a movie, but we can't do it in professional wrestling nowadays? Like, you should be able to now because everyone knows it's what it is. It's entertainment. It's still sport in a way because you got to be athletic. But, yeah. yeah, I totally agree on that. We should be able to. But do you think it's because you 
you don't change characters in the next match, right? Whereas movie character actors from movie to movie or show to show, they might be a character in this movie, but a different character in the other movie. You're Rahit Raju all, you know, 365, 24-7. So you're not changing characters. So do you think that's kind of where that lies, where, where it's like that's your persona and you carry that with you your entire career? Maybe. I honestly think the majority of it is a lot of people like to – some people are legit offended and outraged for really good reasons, and they should be. Like sometimes people do take it really far and – or it hits home with somebody, and that sucks, and it's, it's not okay. But then there's also that large group of people that are have false outrage, and they just want to have that power to complain about something and mm-hmm. to have that power to change something they don't like. And I think a lot of times wrestling is an easy target for that because heels, like I see... A lot of times, too, it's like your status quo. I will see someone say, you're fat, this, 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 and this. And everyone like, oh, my God, you're body shaming somebody. Or, oh, my God, you're saying this about somebody. But then professional wrestler B, who's more popular, who's more over, who's more beloved, will say the same exact thing. Wow, he's so edgy. Wow, he's so smart. Wow, he's such a good promo. And it all boils down to... I don't know this person or I don't like this person. I'm offended to I like this person. This person's being creative. And it's a weird line. And there's really no – because I've seen people say some really horrific stuff, get a slap on the wrist, and now they're beloved again. And then I've seen some people say some really stupid stuff that they obviously didn't mean, but they said it, and it, it, it really bothered a lot of people. And it was very stupid that they said it, but now you don't hear from them again. Why is that? You know what I mean? but And I don't think it boils down to, maybe some of it boils down to you're, you're that character all the time or or something of that nature. Or I also think it, it boils down to people pick and choose what they want to be offended by, what they want to uh, witch hunt, and what they don't. And I don't think that's right at all. If it's good for A, it needs to be good for B. If it's not good for A, then it can't be good for B. You can't have both. Yeah. You can't give this guy a slap on the wrist and then totally cancel out individual B because and when they said something very similar, that's not fair. And uh, I think a lot of that is going on nowadays with in wrestling, but also media, entertainment, or the world in general. Um, I'm not the same person I was three years ago, let alone ten years ago. And I know I've said tons of stupid stuff and stuff that I'm very ashamed of and and feel bad about, but I also know the majority of people have because we're human and we say stupid things, we make mistakes, but it, our, the goal is to learn from it and not do that again and become a better person mentally and physically. And I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I feel bad if I say something stupid out of anger or out of ignorance. I don't want to do that again, but I have done it. And I probably will do it again because there's tons of things that I am ignorant to, especially newer stuff. And I don't, I don't mean anything by that. And I know a lot of people, there are scumbags out there. Definitely, there are scumbags who got caught and are scumbags and should be canceled and should not have a place in you know professional wrestling or acting or whatever. But then there's those people that are just dumb or loud or silly and say things or do things that they shouldn't 
and don't mean it, but they do it because like, oh man, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm trying to get a rise out of somebody. They slip and say something stupid one time. Yes, and next thing you know, their life is ruined. I don't think that's fair because you aren't is good just you know you make mistakes too we're human we make mistakes right and it's and if i'm pretty sure i can go in your past and dig up things and be like whoa you said this 10 years ago you need to be crucified or whatever it's not fair we're dumb right you know what i mean we make mistakes it's not fair to try to take away someone's livelihood unless it is that serious and then they deserve to have their livelihood take away I when totally it's repetitive and proven yes right? exactly but, but don't cancel a, a kid in college, right? They're playing college sports because he sent one stupid tweet 10 yes. years ago when he was a sophomore in high school. Exactly. You know? it, it, there's, there has to be some boundaries and some uh, reality to the situation. We're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. Um, Dan and I are perfect examples to that. I'm going to add to what you just said. You know, we don't have some of we disagree on a few things, but yeah. that don't that doesn't mean that I think he's a horrible person or he thinks I'm a horrible person. Exactly. You know, he's one of my best friends. Now, there was something I wanted to talk about when we were talking about, like, heat, and we were, like, along the lines of that Sergeant Slaughter thing. Now, I'm speaking as a fan here because, obviously, I'm not a wrestler, so I can't speak like, like a wrestler, so I'm going to speak as a fan. And if there's anything out of line what I'm about to say, it'll be edited out. I'll leave that up to you to decide. But this is what I would love to do if it were up to me because I, I've always wanted to be a heel. If I was ever a wrestler, I would want to be a good heel. Um, I, I think I'd, you know, I would probably do decent promos, but one of my ideas that I would have like a, a time like today, and again, if I'm out of line, this will be edited. What I would love to do, I would do this voluntary. You don't even got to pay me for this shit. I'll do a voluntary for free. Just buy me a beer or something afterwards. I don't care. Anyways, I would love to take a, a, a couple of my buddies or whatever, or wrestlers or whoever, Minorities, okay, whether it's Mexican, I'm Mexican, okay, whether it's Mexican or Asian or African-American, whatever. I would love to go to a town, I'm just going to throw a random town out there, a town like Murfreesboro, Tennessee, okay, or Athens, Tennessee, or, or uh, Kentucky somewhere, eastern Small Kentucky, one of, them, one of them Smoky Mountain Pick towns. towns. Yeah, Pick Towns, yeah, thank you, Dan. I would love to, to go out there. With a Make America Great Again hat with my flag, everybody cheering, you know, cheering me. Yeah, yeah, he's on our side. Yeah. Yeah, carry my flag and all that. Have him with me or somebody, whoever's with me. Then I would talk on the microphone. I would get them going, you know, cheering for me like I'm a baby face, like I'm on their side. I would have him or whoever go into the ring and get the garbage can that's under there. And I would light that Trump flag on fire right in front of everybody and burn it right in front of everybody. I'd take that hat, spit on That's what I would do. I'm not trying to make this a political issue, but I'm right. going to throw some, some world stuff out there like the way that it used to be. Right. Because I would also, I, I would love to be hated. Love to be hated. Um, That's a page straight out of the New Jack playbook right there. Yeah. yeah. Right here. Yeah, New Jack. New, what he was doing in Smoky Mountain, the yeah, way he's Smoky talking Mountain. to them hillbillies yeah. down there, I loved it. I wish yeah. I could have been a part of that. But uh, that, that's what I would do. That would just be one of my ideas. Now, I want to play one-word association with you. I got the roster. I'm not going to go over the whole entire roster. Uh-huh. But I'm, I'm going to say a name and just say the first thing that comes to your head, okay? Okay. 
Let me see. First name here. I take my glasses. I, when I read, I have to take my glasses off. That don't make no sense. Okay. First name, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. Uh, oh, that's Cardona. I, I, I dropped her on her face. <laughs> Caught her with a knee. Um, yeah, rival. She's a rival. Okay. Fun fact about Chelsea Green. She looks like my uh, two youngest kids' mother. Oh. Okay. I call her Chelsea Green all the time. Okay. Next name I ha- Oh, man. Dude, David Penzer. Oh, man. Penzer's cool. Uh, uh, I would say legendary announcer. I mean, I know it's one word association, but that's. Oh, yeah. No, just say what you feel. It don't got to be one word. Okay. But yeah, I'm a big fan of David Penzer because during the Monday Night Wars, I was strictly Nitro. I I like Stone Cold Steve Austin and then Bret Hart, the guys that, you know, Dan mentioned earlier. I like them. I was, I backed Monday. You see our logo looks like. Yeah. It don't look like the WWE logo. But but he he told a story because, like I said, I listen to podcasts all the time. (laughs) That story about. uh, Paul Orndorff and Van Vader yeah. get into a fight back. Yeah. So, look, God rest their souls, both of them. Okay, and it's just funny the way he explained it. He said, "He said Vader, he said I love you, Leon. He said you're one of my best friends. You know, I wish you good." This is when Leon was still alive. He said, "I wish you all the best." He said, "But for you to say that that Paul didn't hurt you," he said, "When you came out of that room, he said your face literally looked like it exploded." Yeah, I heard he, he whooped them pretty good. Yeah, David Penzer. Yeah, he's one of my favorite. great announcer. Great announcer. He's uh, Penzer's cool because he he'll watch me cut promos and he's a big fan of mine. And uh, he always talks about how good my promos are. And if anyone would know, it would be him because he's been around okay. some of the best. Here, Dan, Dan will appreciate this name. I love this guy. D'Lo Brown, man. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo. That's the man right there. Uh, D'Lo's good people. Really good people. Although he hates on my clothes sometimes. But all in, <laughs> all in, all in jest, uh, D'Lo's awesome. D'Lo. D'Lo, man, he... You talk about a guy that, that can work. I mean, he's like a consummate professional in professional wrestling. Yeah, what yeah. A, and he, I don't know him personally like you do, but he just seems like he's just a cool ass guy. He was, he was cool. one of, he was one of those guys where like he wasn't a superstar, but he wasn't one of those like who's that guy in the ring fighting the Rock? Like yeah. he was that that guy that that he just like you said he worked. He yeah, was, like you knew his name. Yeah, he would he, put people he would over, just wrestle really fucking good all the time, and. Just a very respectable name. He's a very large man, too. It's weird because when you see certain guys like that, and you got to think they've been like Billy Gunn as well. Billy Gunn's huge, uh, huge catcher's mitt hands. But uh, when you saw them back in the day, they never looked like large because they were always in the ring with like Mark Henry, Triple Mm -hmm. H, The Rock, who are also large individuals. But then when you actually see them out in person, you're like, these dudes are giants. Like, what the hell? D'Lo like, Brown was like the smallest member of the yeah, nation. Yeah, and he's yeah. huge. He was <laughs> backstage as an agent, and D'Lo's just a giant guy. Same thing with Billy Gunn. When I first met him, I was like, God dang, this guy's here. I shook his hand, and his hand was like this. It was just like his giant paw, and he's just jacked out of his mind. He's like 6'5 or 6'4 or something like that. Now, just D'Lo, a large dude. D'Lo's like, he's really intelligent. Like he was a uh, like in New Jersey. He was a, um, I don't know the word. I'm looking for. He was some kind of account. He's he was an some, accountant. Yeah. Accountant. He's yep. like he's like he's, he's smarter than you, Dan. Uh, yeah. Smarter than me. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's kind of smart. It might not look like it because he fucked up ten times earlier. But but uh, yeah, D'Lo, one of my favorite guys. Okay, here's another one here. Father James Mitchell, formerly known as James Vandenberg in WCW. Cool dude. Been doing his gimmick forever and does it better than anybody else could ever do it. Yep, I like him. Okay, here's an interesting one. Gail Kim. 
legend. Love Gail. Just gorgeous, classy woman. Isn't um, she married to the Restaurant Impossible guy? Uh, I don't know. He does the protein. Robert Irvine, the protein bars. Older guy. Muscular. Looks like yeah. Al Bundy. Looks like a muscular Al Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. Gail, yeah. Gail's great. Uh, funny story about Gail. Like, the first time I met her was back in Orlando when I first signed. And she always looked like she didn't want to be bothered. So I, I'd say hi. But your etiquette is you want to shake everyone's yep. hand yep. the first time. Sure. Well, I stopped saying hi to her because she always looked busy and didn't like want to be bothered. Well, apparently she was very upset about that. So one time we were in Mexico, we had got done with the show and everyone was going back up to the rooms and Gail came back down. She goes, Hey, and I said, yes. She goes, you never introduce yourself to me. I was like, I did back in Orlando. She's like, you never say hi to me when you see me. She goes, that's very rude. I was like, I'm so sorry. I said, I, it, it honestly, I always thought you, you always look like you never want to be bothered. She goes, no, you better say hi to me every single time. Well, I said, I will. So the next day, I couldn't find her, and she was upset. I was like, Gail, I looked all over for you, and I couldn't find you. And so every time, that's the joke. Now when I see her, I say hi to her. I give her a big hug. And Gail has also been one of my biggest supporters from the bottom to where I am now. She would always say how good I was doing, always paid attention to my work, and she would always cheer me on and, and tell me things that I need to do. Uh, absolutely love Gail Kim. Class act, gorgeous lady. Uh, 10 out of 10, Gail's the best. That's cool. You know what's funny about that? Dan Dan will get a chuckle out of this. I've accused him a lot, like, because we talked during the week about the show. Mm -hmm. And God bless Dan's heart. He always has to deal with my, I'm usually complaining <laughs> on the phone, always cussing. I'm like, what? Why? I'm like a, I'm like a Mexican Jim Cornette when I'm talking to him on the phone. But I've, I've said to him a bunch of times, like, he'll answer the phone. Oh. And then I'll present something about the show. Oh, Okay. What, what, what am I fucking bothering you or what? <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, what, did you just wake up or it's four o'clock in the afternoon? You know, I, it's yeah, that it kind of reminded me of that when you're mm -hmm. talking about Gail Kim. Now Heath, that's Heath Slater, right? Yeah, uh, it's funny. Three man or was it one man band? That's another big dude. Of course, you look at him and Gender and uh, Drew. Yeah, and they're all giants, but you yes. don't think that. And when you see Heath, you're like, oh, he's not that big. First time I met him, I'm like, this guy's huge. And of course, I'm when you see me, I'm I'm not like a, I'm not a big guy. I'm like. Cruiserweight is what I am. But, of course, when I walk through the curtain, I'm a giant amongst men because my charisma is just over the top. But Heath is legit a big guy. I had to uh, – I remember when he came in, it was my – it was before I had my exhibition run, it was my job to help him put him over. So he comes out at – I think it was Slammiversary, first time there, hops the guardrail, had no fans. And he's talking, and I get to interrupt him and talk shit to him. And it was so cool because I didn't know how he would be. I was like, oh, he's coming from WWE. He might not want to do anything with me. He might be kind of weird. He was cool to everything. We sat there and talked. He thanked me the entire week for doing that for him. Totally cool dude. Awesome individual. Nice guy. Heath is he's great. If I, were, if I could ask Heath a question, I would ask him, um, let me see, it was WrestleMania. It was one of the WrestleManias where The Rock wrestled John Cena. So it would have been like 28 or 29 or something like that. And Flo Rida was there, you know, doing entertainment for the, for the people and all that. And Heath met him backstage. Now, Flo Rida, he's not a wrestler. He's big, but he's not a wrestler. Right. So I would ask Heath, man, what did that feel like when he threw you through that mirror? Because he, I mean, Flo Rida very violently just threw him he hard probably, as hell. He launched him, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's what I would ask. Oh, God, this guy here. I don't know if he's a friend of yours. Josh Matthews. <laughs> Josh Matthews. 
he's Josh Matthews. He's he's very by the book, very does his job. Uh, doesn't get really too personal and stuff like that. Uh, Josh, you just do a quick hi and bye. If he needs something, he'll ask me. If I need something, I'll ask him. And that's, you know, the relationship there is strictly work. Conan. K-Dog. Cool dude. The first time I met him, uh, seriously, I was like, man, Conan looks like he can kill somebody. Like, he looks <laughs> like he has connections. Uh, Conan's a great dude. Uh, love his advice. He'll watch my stuff. When I won the X Division title, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He... Uh, tagged me, congratulated me, said it's about time, better late than never. Man, felt good. I listened to him, uh, his podcast, uh, Keeping Up 100 with him and Disco. Yeah. Uh, Disco. Uh, Disco. For God. Yeah, I listen to that sometimes. He drives too. me insane because he's constantly cutting people off. and he just. But Disco, he's a nice guy, what he seems. I got a chance to meet him. He was really cool. Love Conan. Love his contributions to the business. Love his promos. And any advice he ever gives me, I listen to it. I take it. Now, okay. now earlier we were talking about the... Oh, I was going to say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the cruiserweight division we were talking about earlier. Um, Conan, uh, I was listening to Bischoff talk about this on 83 Weeks, another one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he kind of left Conan like in charge of like doing the recruiting as far as like the uh, luchadors from Mexico. You know, the guys mm-hmm. you mentioned, Mysterio, yeah. Psychosis, Silver King, El Hector Dandy. Garza, a lot are, of them guys. Who are you to know El Dandy? And El Dandy, I remember him. <laughs> Uh, not, he had good hair. Uh, Conan, yeah, Conan was kind of responsible. He left him responsible bringing all them guys. So he's a big reason why the cruiserweight division. Oh yeah, and he was. Oh man, he was good heel too. Yep. Okay, I got a couple more names here. Um, Mickey James, my fa- one of my favorites. Awesome, Mickey James, great, good people. Uh, when she got there, super nice, super cool. Uh, another gorgeous, classy lady. And can still go on that ring, and it's it's uh it's cool to see I, her. No, and Diana tear it up. I had a huge crush on Mickey James. She's great. Oh, I still lady, do. Man. Yeah, I <laughs> still, still do. Awesome. Now, okay, I wanted to save these two for last because I'm a big fan of both of them. Now, I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, women's division, and it's not just because they're you know good looking, but no, I actually enjoy watching them perform their promos, the everything. Uh, Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, I I love both of them. I love both of them. What, what do you think of them? Rachel. I Rachel's just, the daughter of Paul Ellering, by yeah, the way. I just met Rachel. She's really nice, really cool, really good in the ring. Jordan, I've known since she's got there. Good friends with her. Uh, I love Jordan. I like being in the ring with her at Bound for Glory when she was trying to take my exhibition championship belt away. Jordan's awesome. She's an entrepreneur. She is a go-getter. She's a great She's awesome in the ring. She has a, a, a certain intensity about her. Power lifter. I'm always, I love uh, checking out her, her lifting videos and the stuff she does. She did an OnlyFans where she does like bikini, she lifts in bikinis and stuff like that. It was like top 3%. So she's killing it, man. Jordan's doing her thing in and outside the ring. And uh, like I said, I can't say much about Rachel because I just met her, but she was very nice and I liked her uh, in ring ability. And uh, Jordan, uh, I, I'm just a fan of hers and I just like her as a friend too so good people okay real quick legit badasses from back in the day that we hear about you know guys like haku and all them who would, be, who would be your top four haku is number one uh i agree great gama who i was managing me when he was in orlando him and haku are really good friends okay and haku came and and just kiss came to the show just to talk to gama i shook haku's hand and it was just like another catcher's mitt style hand that you could tell he was really tough i'm really good uh, i just met hikaleo one of his kids 
And I, I love that dude. Hiccolo is really cool. He's uh, Bullet Club. He's like 6'8 or something like that. Really cool dude. Uh, tough guys. I'd probably have to say Brody, Haku, Hansen, Paul Orndorff. Was it Haku, Hansen, Brody, and Paul Orndorff? So if you want four, I'm sure there's a lot other, you know, way more. Back then, those guys are all just tough. I would say, just offhand, I would say Haku, number one. And then I don't have two, three, and four. I'm just gonna, they're all going to be tied for second. Haku, Ron Simmons, yeah, um, Harley Race, and Rick Flair. Oh hell no! <laughs> no, Rick, I, I would have Harley, to say Harley's voice. I, I would have to say 1970s Afro Andre the Giant. I mean, who's going to fuck with him? Yeah, nobody was. Gonna so there's my four. Andre. Do you have a list? What about Jim Neidhart? Um, he could kill me in less than three seconds, but he's not. I don't think he would be in the category. The I, I don't know. I no. mean, I, I'm just going by the stories I hear by the he, guys that have seen these guys in action. He looked like a biker type dude you wouldn't want to mess around with. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with Bob Holly either. No, Bob Holly looked like he'd <laughs> beat you up. First of all, I wouldn't mess with any wrestler. All wrestlers can whoop my ass, but if there's four, four that I'm really not, not nowadays. Some of these guys out there look like. Yeah, they couldn't do anything to anybody. But <laughs> but then again, some guys are actually like shooters. So, you know, they'll, they'll tie you up in knots or box you and stuff like that. So you never know. Okay, you one more know. one more quick question. I I don't know who the best UFC fighter and who's the best shooter of all time. If the best UFC fighter of all time fought in an alley, the best shooter, wrestler of all time, you know, guys like Carl Gotch, Ed the Strangler Lewis, the Briscoes, if the best shooter, Stu Hart, if the best shooter fought the best UFC fighter, who's coming out the winner in an alley? No weapons. Uh, that depends on if the shooter, no rules. The shooter no. gets his hands on him. Okay. Uh, because a good striker is going to, and a UFC fighter is going to be able to take, you know, probably defend the takedown. And then the best, the best UFC fighter is going to be able to do what the shooter can do as well. So it all just really depends. No rules. If the shooter gets his hands on him, old school guys probably okay. looking to hurt. If he can't, the striker, the UFC fighter is going to win. Okay, anyways, we're going to go around the table here. I'll go first. My fantasy matchup. I've told Dan this already. 1986 Randy Savage versus 2000 Booker T. That's my fantasy matchup. What's yours? Oh, jeez. Is that a good matchup that I just said? Yeah, I think it's any of those guys. I mean, yeah, uh, any of them. But I'll, I'll come back to me. You go. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Man, fantasy matchup. I, You know, I love the tag team matchups, so I would probably have to say I would, I would love to see the Hart Foundation go up against, um, and I don't know if this may have happened, the Steiner Brothers. Oh man! I don't know if awesome. they. I don't know if they've wrestled. I don't. I don't think they have. Well, wait, wait a minute. No, the Steiners. I know that. Well, they didn't wrestle Neidhart and Bret Hart, but they wrestled <clears throat> Owen Hart and Bret Hart. I seen that uh, like a year ago. Okay, I would love to see them do that in Japan if they did it. It was cool because yeah. when uh, when Scott tagged Rick and Bret tagged Owen, Rick and Owen had like a friendly shoot for like thirty seconds. I know you know what a friendly shoot is. A friendly shoot is, is we're going to, let's do this for real for about 20 seconds and see who's, I don't know, the better man. But, yeah, Owen and Rick. Owen, tougher than you think. Owen <laughs> Owen was uh, definitely ahead of his time and awesome. Awesome in the ring. And it sucks. Like, it's some guys you have to die 
to get the credit that you deserve. And it sucks that people like Canyon, they just did the Dark Side of the Ring episode on him. And everyone's like, oh man, Canyon's, he was great. He was great back then. And just people don't pay attention to that. I liked him when he was Mortis. And I liked the, I was a fan of the Jersey Triad with him, DDP, and Bad Bad Bigelow. I always liked, I always liked Canyon. Yeah, Canyon was great. I think if you, uh, off the top of my head, old school, uh, I mean, uh, I guess a dream match, I would love to see 80s Flair versus, uh, 2000 or late 90s Austin and or 80s Dusty versus late 90s Rock. Oh. So I, I think it's a, a mix of two styles. Um, and I, I would like to see a whole program. That means like promos, matches, because I think the story that those four would have told with each other would have been money. Yeah. Now that Dan's got That's me thinking answer. of tag teams, I'm, I'll, I'll, my British Bulldogs are my all-time favorite tag Love team. Uh, 86, 87-ish. Road so Warriors are mine. I would say British Bulldogs. And the Steiners with the Michigan varsity jackets on. Mullet, <laughs> mullet Scott Steiner. Yeah, mullet that, that'd be my fantasy matchup. Yeah. <gasps> I got to get beat up by both Steiners on two different oh, occasions. Oh, I'm sorry. Separate, separate. No, they were actually really cool with me. Uh, they were really, really cool. And uh, Rick really couldn't do much, so I just took care of him, and he was very appreciative of that. So that was cool. Okay. Okay. All right, so before we get out of here, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your school. Yes. Dragon's Lair, right? Dragon's Lair Pro Wrestling Academy, and I have the address. I got to look that up. It is 3771 North Michigan Ave, Saginaw, Michigan, 48604. It is a Save-A-Lot Plaza in Carleton, Michigan. We used to be in Bay City. I've been wrestling for 12 years. I have about almost 10 students now, which is really cool. Uh, It's crazy, man. Some of these guys, not an athletic bone in their body. Watching them grow, hitting ropes, putting matches together, taking bumps, doing moves, and looking good while doing it. Everyone has a long way to go. But they've also come a long way. Uh, I love passing on knowledge, whether I'm helping people lift weights, whether I was teaching Kung Fu, whether I was showing people how to grapple. uh, I love it. Now that I'm doing it as professional wrestling, I love passing that on. I love passing on my passion to other people that have passion and want to follow the dream. If you want to try it, man, you need to come do it. We do it every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. The first session is free. You can sit in and see if it's something you want to do. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook, Raju Zane 80. You can hit me up there. Um, I, I absolutely love it. And, and I know how it is to think, well, maybe I'm too old. I started when I was old. I was already, I already had a house, already had a, a adult stuff going on. Uh, you're never too old. You're never too young. Uh, referees, managers, we do it all. So if you want to come check it out, please do. Absolutely love it. Uh, tonight, we are doing a show there at 7.30. Bell time, 7.30. Doors open at 7. That's 3771 North Michigan, Saginaw, Michigan. I will be there. Rosemary will be there. Impact Wrestling's own Rosemary. She will be taking on John E. Bravo in a first blood match. They have a lot of history from Impact Wrestling. That's going to be good. I will be there taking on Ren Jones, Flint's own Ren Jones. Ren Jones is an up-and-comer. Looks like a million bucks. He'll probably be on TV. He's already done some AEW stuff, so it's only a matter of time before someone gobbles him up. Of course, you can catch me on social media, at Hakeem Zane, on Twitter, Raju Zane 80 uh, If you want to show your boy some love, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rohit. That's R-O-H-I-T. And, of course, shopimpact.com. I have a T-shirt on there. And I think the Series 3 cards may have sold out, but I am in that pack as well. Awesome, awesome. So Ray and I had an idea. We wonder if you'd be willing to uh, let 
put Ray and I through some training, some wrestling training, and we film it so we can post it. Yeah, you guys are more than welcome to come out there. Uh, if if anything, if we don't do it the day of training, we can figure out a day where we can do it. I'll have you guys come out, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. And I'll have you. <laughs> oh, I know. I, yeah. I, it's I, and I'll tell you what to bring, and you guys are gonna want to yeah. bring some yeah. knee pads, some yeah. uh, good shoes. And we'll have a fun time. And, here, and here's awesome. the here's the thing about that is you know we're going to be taking it seriously. We're not going to be out there assing around and laughing and joking like Matt Capitelli did when before Bob Holly wrapped him up. <laughs> but um, no, we're we're going to be taking it seriously and wanting to learn. I know I'm going to want to learn. That yeah. that'll be fun. Okay, be something cool. Yeah, if you, if you guys are, and if uh, and we'll figure out something, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. You guys are more than welcome to come check it out. That's awesome. That's I awesome. Think, I think Ren Jones is going to fuck you up tonight. <laughs> Ren Jones? Wow, you mean you have me on your show, you butter me up to me, and then hey. you're thinking, Ren Jones, who you've never even seen before, and, and you know what? You know what kind what, of opinion What, what does my hat is? say? Uh, Flint? Yeah. Oh, geez, hometown. Right. Who's on your show? You didn't even know who Ren Jones was until I told you. How do you, you know that? that? And you, 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 what How do you he? know that? Look like? I didn't know who you were three what's days ago until I seen you. I'm like, wait know, a minute. You know who I am now. <laughs> Ren Jones. You know who I am now. And remember that. Remember this conversation when you come to get training with me. Give it to okay. him. And you have give extra push-ups. Okay. And you're, and you're like, give me a second. I can't breathe. We'll see. And I'm going to be like, no, hit the ropes. Hit we'll the see. ropes, fatty. Hit the ropes. I'll be there cheering on Red Jones. I don't care what you say. I hope you are. Yeah. Well, if he's uh, got this, if he's bringing steel, that, t- if, hey. if he is laying on you, and I go to hit him with the chair, and I say, "Move, Ren," I, shit happens. Shit happens. Okay, just letting you know. All right, just we'll letting see. you know. Uh, I got Ren. With the new what you got? You got with Ren Jones, or you got? No, I got my man Raju. That's okay. right. Okay, he's, he's one final vote here. Ben, ben, who you got? Exactly. I got Ren. Who doesn't I got, have I got this? Oh, hat look at that. Look at where the shirt fits. Looking like a million bucks. You're looking like 10 cents. Come on. You can't even compare. Ren does look like a million bucks, though, too. But he has two left feet, so we're going to expose that tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Rohit, we, we appreciate you being here so much. Thank you, guys. It, it was an absolute blast. It was hilarious. Uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun for me. Thank you. I have a good time. I had a good time, and I'm sorry if I just I, sometimes I just talk and I go on. And no, uh, I'm used to it. Okay. Used to, used to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can. I can see that. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you ever need you ever need a couple of valets, let us know. Valets or like managers or you mean like valets? You guys know valets that can you can hook me up with. No, right. if you, you ever YouTube? need two valets, <laughs> you guys would be managers. You would be valets. Manager, whatever yes. you want me to do, I'm in. Whatever you want me to work, anything. Security. Like I said I, earlier, I'll do everything voluntary. Anything you want me to do, I will do. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Through. Now this is real shit right here. I'm shooting when I say this. If you ever have a problem, like with a like, say there's like another promoter that is not in your business, but somebody or like some writer, like remember like the way Phil Mushnick used to be. Yeah. If you ever encounter any of those kind of people that are putting wrestling down or messing with your pocketbook, trying to get you out of business, please call me and let me know. I just want to know their names. And what the, <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I will. I will edit no, that listen. You see the no, name on that no hold on. Listen, <laughs> yeah. listen, I'm telling you right now, people who put down the wrestling business, I'm talking about like writers mainly. I will, I will look them up. I will investigate them. I'll find out stuff. Anything bad that ever happened to them or their family. And I will put them on blast. I'm talking about people that put down wrestling because I don't tolerate that shit. So you let me know. That goes for any wrestler. They ever have any problem with outside interference, let me know. Yeah, I think it's, it's not as That's bad. That's real as talk. It, it's not as bad as it used to be, but uh, usually the internet, yeah. uh, you'll see it. Right. People will let they'll, me know. They'll, they'll, 
flame on them all I mean, day long. I'm so. shooting here. That's I'm not working. I'm shooting when I say that. I all mean right. that. All right. You heard it here first. Ren's still going to beat your ass. Oh, see? Look at that. And you're ruining all right. Before, before uh, Rohit kicks Ray's ass, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> like I say every time, if you like us, hit that like button, subscribe, follow. We will see you next time.